0: Welcome back to The Drop, the contest edition. My name is Stace Galbraith. I'm your co-host. It is fantastic to be back on the airways. This week, we are going to give you a preview of the Pipeline Pro. It's just around the corner. Forecast isn't looking so bad. Hopefully, we get off to a good start this year. Plenty of news. Uh, We've spoken about it a lot. Carissa Moore taking a year off. She will surf in this event and the Tahiti event. But outside of that, that's all we'll see her in competition this year. And then more recently, Steph Gilmore announcing that she will take a full year off. She won't be competing at Pipeline or any other World Tour event this season. No doubt that'll be a massive shake-up for the look of the Women's World Tour in 2024. We're all excited to see how that plays out. And then on the men's side, John Florence and Gabriel Medina are looking to kick off their year after a 2023 that didn't quite go to plan for either of those two.
1: Daisy Galbraith, uh, Buck and I chatted about it on the last week's podcast, but you and I have not yet. We obviously had a big spiel about Carissa Moore in our last chat, but now Steph Gilmore is out too. Did you see this coming?
0: Oh, wow. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. The Gold Coast is a pretty small world. I think that it was, you know... Um, I think the one thing that maybe held the announcement back was potentially... Um, Carissa's announcement because I'm not sure that that was ever going to be a certain thing and I think when Steph maybe saw Carissa you know not going to be there the whole year maybe you know maybe that might have changed her mind um, but um, I think both of these two surfers have been looking to do this for a while like, like we spoke about with Carissa it wasn't that surprising to me and it's not really that surprising to me with Steph either but to have them both gone in the same year that's massive like I'd you know, yeah, I didn't see that happening. Both of them going on the same year. Uh, that's, I reckon that's pretty crazy. Yeah,
1: it changes the whole dynamic of the tour. That's for sure. pretty much just leaves Tyler in like that alpha dog sort of position as far as somebody you know who has the tenure, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then all the younger women are probably just licking their chops. Well, for sure.
0: And you know what? I thought about this yesterday. And she had a bit of a sleepy season last year. But I think the other person this really favors is Tatiana, particularly with the schedule the way it is. She's probably the next most experienced, Mm. um, with you know that big game, uh, you know airtime at Trestles and and what she's been able to do there. So yeah, it's uh, it does though it changes the whole dynamic of the
1: tour. So I mean, there's a lot to uh, to think about for the season. We obviously did our preseason chat about a week ago, but we got Pipeline knocking on our door. It very well could start today, the day that we're going to air this, at least. Um, I don't think it will. I don't think it's going to run the 29th. I don't think it's going to run the 30th. 31st is looking pretty good. Um, We're going to get into the forecast soon. But yeah, I'm expecting a a Wednesday start, U.S. Wednesday start. Um, Before we do that, though, we do have some other news on the WSL front. We had two legends leave the sport this year. One is coming back. Stace, give us the news.
0: Jake, the Snake Patterson is not going to Hawaii to play
1: golf. (laughs) He's going to podcast.
0: He's going to start a rebel podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, don't give him any ideas. He's a busy boy. Uh, Look, I don't want to uh, tell Snake's story for him, so let's hear from him.
2: January 29, Snake Tales log. Just got off the beach. First morning of the contest. And the wind is horrible, it's Kona winds, it's 8 to 10 foot, and the contest has been called off. Sitting on the beach, solo, first day of coaching for the year for me, and uh, I can tell you, it's nice to be back in the saddle. Uh, working with Cade Matson this year, and uh, Konao Garashi for here in Hawaii, and then I'll be working with uh, Ethan Ewing and uh, Sawyer Blind- Blindard after Hawaii because they're working with Shane Dorian this year so pretty exciting to be back in the in the saddle um the forecast is looking pretty good so tomorrow is going to be huge and onshore but Wednesday is looking like the start for me it's going to be nice eight foot maybe 10 foot pipe and the winds are supposed to swing around to the trade winds so we're going to have some good waves at pipe this year probably about a thousand times better than last year so Tune in, you guys. It's uh, going to be sick. I'm off to even now for a little warm-up coaching session with the boys. Enjoy.
0: Look, we'll find out more in the the coming days and and weeks, but Snake's back on the coach tour. He's left the sunscreen behind in in Western Australia, and uh, he's back, and he's stoked.
1: Oh, this is such good news, just for surfing in general. Like, he's just such a good figure to have around. His insights, his, like, knowledge of the sport, his history in it. Like, I mean, he's a freaking pipe master. And um...
0: I do know that when Snake left, he handed off uh, a couple of surfers, to um, Tommy Whitaker, Tom Whitaker's done amazing things with Steph Gilmore, who 's obviously taken a year off, and Griffin Colapinto, who's you know been consistently getting in that top five and then fighting for a world title last year. I don't think he's going to get Griffin back on a silver platter, and obviously Steph's having a year off. So I think he's going to have to perhaps rebuild with some of that old Snake Tails crew. I think Ramsey Buckingham comes to mind and potentially Kanoa Igarashi, but uh, yeah, more on that later. What about
1: Wilcox? you got to think West Aussie, I don't know, makes sense.
0: I think that um, Snake would be the first person to say that his style doesn't suit everyone. Jacob's really hard on the edges, but I think underneath that is still... Uh, pretty soft soul and i I don't know that their styles are exactly matched
1: ah interesting okay well because of that um snake obviously he's well i guess you technically did the podcast while you were coaching but i think you know last year we had snake on here a lot to do some of the the contest talk and i don't think he's going to be available for that now that he's focusing and putting his time toward this there's also probably a little bit of a conflict of interest so um yeah it should be stace and i on for the whole comp tour in 2024 i'm really excited about that we got so much to look forward to and uh yeah pipeline let's talk about it stacy should we do forecast or how do you want to break this down
0: yeah let's get into the forecast well mikey we have seen some pretty rough patterns in hawaii of late not the last couple of days though it's been pumping uh, which is true to WSL form—that uh, it's pretty, pretty pumping just before the comp starts. Uh, lots of options on this forecast. What, what are you seeing?
1: I'm seeing a lot of variability. I'm seeing a lot of potential for greatness, but nothing guaranteed. That's for sure. This season on the North Shore, uh, Nate Florence said it when I chatted with him a couple weeks ago, but. El Nino can have interesting effects on Hawaii because obviously those storms are forming out in the North Pacific and they can, you know, take paths that go a little bit northward. They can go south They can go west. And uh, for whatever reason, Hawaii has kind of been in the path of a lot of these storms this year. And what that does is, yes, it means there's plenty of swell to go around, but it also means that the conditions are a little bit messy that, you know, winds can change directions. Predominantly, Hawaii uh, has that sort of easterly trade wind, and this year we've been seeing a lot of south winds, a lot of west winds. It's opened up a lot of different waves on not just Oahu but other islands as well. There's been some cool stuff going on in Maui and beyond, but it has made it hard at some of those like you know mainstream spots like Pipe and Sunset, where the CT events are. Obviously, they kind of rely on that easterly trade wind to groom the swells, and uh, and also the swells. Some of them have been pretty short period, which isn't necessarily a bad thing it just gives pipe a different look so that's what i'm seeing right now um like i said i don't think it's going to run the 29th or the 30th i think on the 31st there's a very high probability of it running the winds are going to be a little bit more north than what i would say is ideal but i think it'll still especially the lefts will be wide open swells northwest which is great means you can go both directions 13 second period makes it, it's a little bit shorter than I'd say like a typical pipe swell, but I think that's actually pretty fun. It makes it more peaky and maybe more opportunities for like a random, you know, triangle nugget somewhere. Uh, And then down the line, there are some other swells that are showing a lot of promise, but kind of too far out to call at this point.
0: For most of us that don't spend, you know, three months a year in Hawaii or live there, if I looked at this forecast as just purely direction of swell and direction of wind, I would say that it's going to be going to be pumping. But can you, can you say why that isn't the case on the, on the first two days?
1: Well, one of my favorite things to do is just go on to, it's fucking probably even more old school, maybe, no, maybe not than wind guru. I'm not sure, but storm surf, Um, storm surf. You just get to watch swells just travel across the ocean. And, watch enough of them and you start to kind of get a grasp of what that's going to do to conditions and so i just see these first storms getting really really close to hawaii and that just means a lot of variability like just factors that you can't necessarily account for until you wake up that morning and see it and even then it could change two hours later so i'm just not sold it's possible they could run on the first day um it, the, right now, they're calling for west southwest winds, which is like onshore, kind of into the rights. I don't know. I think that there's enough potential down the line that they're not going to try to force a run day when it doesn't look like it's super super contestable.
0: Do you think there's any element of the Vance Pipe Masters coming into play here? Because with the wind blowing into the rights we saw John John do a backflip at backdoor the other day we know what he's capable of doing out there um, with any kind of aerial maneuver as is most of the CT do do you think that plays into it at all because yeah like you said the the wind is going up the face into the rights Uh, might be too strong on day one but day two crew could be putting video parts together out
1: there yeah or they could be Getting a bunch of ones and twos. I don't think that it's the risk is worthwhile for the WSL. That WSO. sounds like
0: pipeline to me, anyway.
1: No pipeline. When it's decent, at least you're guaranteed to be getting like one or two good waves in a heat, and I just. I could see this being very lackluster, and I don't think it's how the WSL wants to kick off its 2024 season, especially after 2023 that was plagued by such bad waves. I think they have to kind of roll the dice and wait for something that looks half-decent to kick off the year. That's where I'm at. I know they want to, more importantly, they obviously want to finish on a good day, and I get that, but I think, I mean, the waves don't stop for the entirety of the window that I'm looking at, so I think they just got to you know, pick their moments right and I don't think they're gonna force it on day one.
0: No, I think I think you're spot on. But it, it is uh yeah, it's uh it's an interesting time and I think you make a really good point. Like they definitely wanna start strong and uh, yeah there's there's some fun looking days in there for sure. So let's wait and see Mikey fingers crossed it's better than last year last year was tough but we have seen you know it hasn't just been the WSL that's having kind of a rough run of it lately like even the backdoor shootout couldn't finish which is kind of rare that event usually gets blessed with incredible waves so um, let's see
1: alright and now let's get into a little uh, roster report All right, so this year we have a few surfers pulling out. Uh, Obviously, Carissa Moore is going to surf this event. This will be supposedly—this in Tahiti will be the only CT events that she'll surf this year. So Carissa is in, but Steph is out. She's not going to do pipe this year. Uh, We also have Joao Chianca out. He had a really bad wipeout at Backdoor back in early December. He hit his head. It's unclear exactly how long he's going to be out, but I think at least for the first two events— And that means that the 2024 injury replacement surfer, Ramsey Bukayam, is going to get a run. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm hoping and thinking that he might get to surf the entire first five events of the year. That's my guess. And I think that is just fair. Like, God, he took such a long time to finally qualify. He's such an unbelievable surfer. And I think the tour suits his surfing so much better than the Challenger Series. So excited to see Ramsey get his shot finally. And then on the women's side, um, it, some interesting things happened when um, when Steph pulled out, but basically the end result is that Sophie McCulloch, who's another rookie who dealt with an injury last year um, and didn't get to surf the full first five events, she is going to get a chance in Steph's spot. So uh, yeah, it's, it's really good to see that, actually, you know, people who... For probably no fault of their own, or at least you know, just an unfortunate circumstance happened to them, and they didn't get to get their year on tour, and now they're going to get it. And then on the wild card side, pretty obvious who's getting it for the women: former winner Moana Jones Wong. And on the men's side, we have two young guns who I'm pretty excited to see out there: Jackson Bunch and Shian Crawford, both young Hawaiians who, to me, uh, I think that they are going to, if not in this event. Throughout their careers, they're, like they're going to be the next kind of wave of Hawaiians that are having a crack at the tour for sure.
0: Yeah, you're spot on there with those last two. Like they've just done the Challenger Series last year. Jackson just got second in the World Juniors at Oceanside. They're both going to be incredibly well rounded. They already are, uh, and you know they've already got like the craziest foundation of, of skills and, and wave knowledge under their belts. Jackson from Maui, Sheon I think is from Eva. Uh, And uh, yeah, both great kids.
1: Jackson has some of the most like technically perfect surfing that you'll find of anyone his age. I think as soon as he like just gets a little bit bigger and then his turns start to look about the same size as other people's. But like he is insane. He's really good at pipeline. He can do backflips. He can do it all. And then Shion is, to me, a really, really, really exciting surfer. Someone who I think has the potential to go really, really big because he has this crazy elastic power that like similar to what Felipe has like he's not a huge dude he's he's not a small dude but he's not like a huge dude but he's got so much power and speed through his turns I think if he can learn to like harness that that he can be a real real threat um not just on the challenger series but once he gets on tour as well so those guys are going to be the wild cards for the men's side super excited to see how they go and um Yeah, uh, so that's Forecast, that's the roster update, and that leaves us, I guess, with some picks. Stacey, you want to get into it?
0: Should we get into some underdogs, Mikey? Right, let's start women first. Who you got, Mikey?
1: Okay, uh, you're not going to count Moana as an underdog, are you?
0: Oh, I actually, again, was thinking about this yesterday, and uh, no, she is definitely not an underdog. She is... um, (laughs) Well, the forecast has changed a little bit since what I saw two days ago. But, yeah, she's definitely, definitely not an underdog. She is um, another word that I'm looking for. It'll come to me.
1: Okay. Well, here's the thing. On the women's side, and with the way the forecast is, with the waves being somewhat sizable, I really don't see that many women who can win out here. I think maybe half the field could win, maybe even a little bit less than half the field can win. And that half of the field that could win, I feel weird calling any of them underdogs. Um, but I'm going to go ahead, as an underdog, I'm going to go ahead and say Caitlin Simmers.
0: I like it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think, yeah, Moana Jones Wong is like won every pipe title there is to, to win in the last two years, so I think you could probably leave her for the other position. Um, no, I think I think that's a great pick, and there's, I think what like Katie and, and even Molly are, are able to show out there the last couple of years is, is their variety to go left and right. And so uh, I think they're definitely going to need that that you know that ability to go left this week and and next. I th- yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great pick.
1: But also, right? Like I don't I don't I don't see Caroline as a great chance to win. Um... Like, I, I think you're going to need to be really versatile to, to handle all the conditions this week. So, I, I actually do think a regular footer is going to win, despite saying that I kind of wanted Moana as my underdog. But I actually think that there are people who are in a way better position to win this particular event than Moana because of the forecast.
0: Yeah, it's a tricky one, though, because if you. I'm not letting you pick her as an underdog, which means you have to pick her as a favorite, which means you're kind of hamstrung as to who you think has that variety there, because there's only a few. And I think the other surfer that really is showing heaps of variety and heaps of courage is Molly Picklem. So she's my underdog. And I think that her and Katie are pretty similar in that. Molly's probably got a little bit more guts about her, but they're both very similar in that they can go left and right and, and make it look good and get big scores. Um, whereas, like, that's probably where Moana's going to have to lift her game in the next couple of years if she wants to, you know, win in every condition is just that, that ability to, to find high-scoring rides at backdoor. We obviously know what she's capable of at pipe, and I'd say, you know, to a lesser degree, Tatiana's similar. Um, but, yeah, backside barrel riding for for the goofy footers, I think that's what will set them apart, um, you know, in, in the next couple of years to come. So, yeah looking forward to seeing how they handle it, but yeah Molly's my uh, underdog. I think she got second this year at the Vans Pipe Masters, so yeah, pretty good performance after winning the year before, so see how she goes.
1: that's what I'm going to say. How is she an underdog? like I was going to pick her as my favorite like she to me is somebody who i I think she has the best chance besides maybe Carissa of any woman in this draw to win the event, maybe even greater than Carissa because she just she's fearless she can go left and right like it just and she's she's already won out there and she got second like you said this year i know um also katie simmers was so gutted that she didn't get to surf in the vans pipe masters this year just like watching especially how fun it was for that last day for the women in the final was insane watching her peers like molly and sierra just threading perfect pipe tubes um so i don't know i think it's gonna be such a good battle between these young women but okay if you have molly as your underdog which i think is a Bit of a bush league call.
0: Uh, no, you're right. It's it's there's you know they're all favourites. So fuck you. You can't pick Moana. I'm I'm making you. <laughs> <laughs> well, like actually, then we're both gonna have her. So I don't know. That's kind of uh, yeah, it is tricky. Um, well, we're either gonna have her in there as an the underdog or the favourite. So I think we're you know our, our hands are tied here, Mikey. Let's not get bogged down in the details. Underdog, overdog.
1: Let's just let's just keep it simple. All right. What about your men's underdog?
0: Ooh, I've been, I'm kind of getting right behind this person this year. Uh, it's, a, it's a late, it's a real late fanfare. Uh, not really. I've always been a fan of his surfing, but just watching his clips from Hawaii this year and uh, I think his experience will come in handy as an underdog and a rookie. I think Jacob Wilcox is my underdog.
1: Holy, to win. Why not? That's That's a real underdog. All right. I am, oh, I'm so torn between two Hawaiians uh, that are both insane out there, but I'm going to give one of them the nod just because I think he's got better contest acumen. I'm going with Seth Moniz. Oh, I like it. Uh I know he's made a final out there, but I still think, like, where he is in the pack, I think he's got to be considered an underdog to take out a win. He's never had a CT win either, so I think that's a pretty fair criteria point. Uh, yeah, I've got Seth Moniz. Um, Online has him right now at plus 3,300. Uh, as the winner so really good odds if you want to get in there Um, the other person I was going to pick was Baron Mamiya I think that he could just kind of get on a roll out there but if I have to pick one I'm going Seth Uh, and then I also for the underdogs bet online like the way that I do this especially in round one with these three-man heats like I think you just got to pick some underdogs and just throw some money at it and see what happens so uh, there's a heat that I really like it's Jackson Bunch over cole haushman and ethan ewing jackson bunch is paying plus 400 i'm putting 100 on him so if he wins i get 400 and to stacy's earlier point i've got jacob wilcox at plus 475 over italo ferreira and miguel pupo that's a really hard heat out at pipeline like insanely hard but i think jacob can pull it off so those are my two kind of round one big underdog bets
0: i like it mikey i like it and I think it's a good pick and I love that we're having to justify our underdogs. I think it's a uh it's a good test of where the tour is at. Everyone's ripping.
1: <laughs> True. Alright, should we do some overdogs?
0: Let's do some overdogs. Oh, this is a tough one. Um I uh you know, these two servers were not in the final five last year, but Coming into this season, it's it's hard to think that they're not gonna come out absolutely firing and I'm tossing up between Gabriel Medina and John Florence.
1: Oh, so am I. And
0: I'm going to go Gabriel Medina.
1: You sure? I already made a bet.
0: Yep, that's fine. I'll go I'll go, John. They're both they both again like t- just judging off the internet, like how hard they've been. Gabe's actually really low key. He doesn't post a lot, but I know that he flew his coach, Andy King, out to Mariseas to train and get ready for the 2024 season. So he means business. John has been, we spoke about it last week, um, yeah, testing boards and just surfing better than ever. I know we're not at Sunset yet, but he put up a clip on his Instagram of Sunset two days ago that actually makes the wave look surfable and fun, and it's not, so don't be fooled. Um, I don't know, man. He's just... Uh, yeah, it's good seeing him at full strength in big waves, and yeah, I, I think Gabriel or John will do really well, but for the sake of the bet, I will go John.
1: Okay, I'm so excited to see these guys back this year. Like, that's why I went with Medina. Like, I, after watching him in Tahiti last year in that last event, like almost doing enough to, uh, to get into the top five, but just being so dominant along that entire run. Like, I just feel like he obviously didn't have the year he wanted last year, but that's just got to make him so much hungrier this year. And yeah, I've seen him post some clips out at pipe and he's surfing very tricky waves very well. I don't think pipe especially this year, is going to be an event that you win riding perfect waves. I think that Pipe is going to be an event that is has won riding difficult waves really well. And very few people in the world, if any, are better at that than Gabriel Medina. So, yeah, I've got $100 on him at plus 375 to win the event. And I think he's going to kick off a great year. Um, so that's my men's overdog. Yeah, I like it.
0: Um, you know, for the sake of the program, is there anyone that you think can touch these two out there john or gabriel
1: uh yeah uh, like i mean we've just we've seen enough years of competitive surfing and especially at pipeline to know that anybody's beatable right um there's a first round heat with jack robinson and kelly slater and like odds have to be with jack at this point in his level but it's like god kelly won the event two years ago you know so i think everyone's gettable um But I think that ultimately the cream rises and that's just a truth in life and in surfing and anything else. There's always going to be anomalies. I'd say 2023 was an anomaly for both of these guys. And um, yeah, John's already got a win at Pipe, not this year technically, but this season and medina i think is probably as hungry as he's ever been to do well and it's the first event of the year there's going to be swell and these guys are going to both make i'd say minimum semifinals
0: yeah all right interesting i'm fired up wow i just want this forecast to just stay at least where it is or maybe get a little bit better and then we're going to be off to a flyer, mikey
1: we sure are okay so what about last thing what about women over dogs who's going to go carissa one of us has to go carissa right If you're not, I will.
0: Yeah, no, you have to yield. I yielded on the men. So I'm going Moana, Jones Wong, for the win.
1: You're going Moana. Okay, then I'm going Carissa. I don't think we need to justify our picks there. Uh, Two of the most dominant women ever at Pipeline. Probably the the two most dominant women ever at Pipeline. So (sighs) forecast, again, looks interesting. Um, If Moana is forced to go right, I don't know how good her odds are going to be against some of this field, especially the regular footers, but she is really, really good at finding gem lefts no matter what. So, um, yeah, you'd have to like her chances.
0: Yeah, there is there is a day in there where the waves are north, like straight north, so that is going to op- open up, like what you said, a lot more opportunities for the rights where, you know, I'd even say someone like Tyler Wright could be could be really deadly as well, so we'll just have to wait and see but yeah we know what it's like if it's coming out of the west and it's firing lefts. she's you know moana's on a on another level we all know that so it all is going to come down to um you know the direction of the swell on the day that the women run so i guess we'll wait and see
1: all right uh stacy i'm looking forward to this event i'm looking forward to chatting with you after the fact anything else before we go i think it's less
0: than a month till you get here mikey into australia and uh, i'm really looking forward to that all right see you then time will tell who will come out on top we'll be back at the end of the event to do a wrap-up show but until then enjoy the contest and we'll catch you soon